Welcome to this episode of Am I a Baller? We're calling this episode Bullish on the Chicago Bulls, and I'd like to clarify that it's not I that feels bullish, but it's Dalton, so uh, that's like a warning. And all I know is that the Bulls could win the popular vote and still not make the finals. But first, let's dive into some social media, music, and business marketing talk to warm up the old brain cells. Thanks for listening. I know who I know who you are a fan of, um, Kanye, and apparently Kanye has been kind of going off the rails a little bit about something about music rights or something. Oh, he's giving a uh, for all the good mu- good music artists on his level. He's giving fifty percent. Uh, they're giving the revenue of 50% of their masters back to them. Yeah, I didn't know what all that was, but I saw somebody talking about it. It's definitely like, in the business world, in music, you know, uh, masters are like one of the biggest deals because like all the rappers that you've ever heard of for years didn't get their masters. So like they couldn't re-release or really own the original rights to their music. What does masters mean? It's like it's like the masters to like these these songs, like the songs they made that the label like the may have paid for them to make, and it's their songs, but they basically don't own their songs. Like if they want to re-release, like now it's been you know twenty years. Yeah, since, labels are messed. Uh, you know, since whoever you think of somebody that that had a big hit, um, I don't know, like. Somebody in the nineties. Don't don't think like Snoop Dogg. It's Ja Rule, baby. Like, ja Rule. Ja Rule may have owned his own masters, but there was a lot of guys that they put out, like maybe like a Juvenile or somebody like that that would have had some big hits, yeah. and that they didn't own the masters too, or like some of their first hits on their first record deal. Yeah, it wasn't favorable to them. Yeah. Maybe. So even though like they, basically like like record executives would just come in and sweep you off your feet. Talking all this talk, and back in the nineties, especially to like young people, poor people that like you know trying to make it prominently hip hop, it's yeah, it's messed up. And back in the nineties, records had like movie budgets. You know, they were making that much money off off compact disc sales and junk. So you know, there's a lot of like really famous artists that don't have their masters. You know, that's um, what Prince turned into a son. Yeah, and Wu Tang could have could have been one of those artists. I, I don't know. I've seen a lot of stuff with different people talking about how they didn't have their masters and they couldn't put this stuff back out. So like they wanted to remaster or re-release something, but to do that they'd have to do it through this label and give up like all their sales for it. Or with the people from that era, they didn't always get to keep their digital. So everything moved to digital, and then they didn't make any money in the digital. The label owns all their digital That's because sense. it didn't exist then. And they already had put a clause like any future versions of this, the label on, and you get, you know, maybe this many records you can sell, blah blah blah. You That's know? So like, up. It's super messed up, and then it still happens today. So like, you know, artists today still get signed. That's why. And then Taylor. Yeah, they don't. They don't get to own that music, and so they're not even really making money, or they're barely making any money, off this thing that they created. You know, and it's not obviously the label. The label still may have paid to to pay for the studio time and all those things but it's like it doesn't account for the future of an artist and so then an artist can just like lose basically yeah, record labels are messed up you know and, and like you said he used to be more messed up in the 90s it's, it's wild that like they've, just got, they've got new ways to mess it up because of Spotify and, and yeah. all this stuff because they can now now they know this is how people are consuming it and you know like Spotify is making all the money 
off everybody's all everybody else's work, you know, just by having yeah. a database of music. Yeah. See, that's why I'm like, I don't understand how those things work. Like, they're paying like almost nothing, like almost nothing. Yeah. Per stream. It sucks. Even in in its weighted. So if like if, and, if and like different gets a lot of streams, like different more. Like title is the most. So like I have my streaming thing is I have Amazon Prime. So I have, I have that's the worst. That's the worst. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, even though we're calling you out, we're calling you out this podcast. If you're listening to artists, it's like Amazon Prime, you're paying them nothing. Why? Because Amazon won't pay them any more money than they pay. So why are they releasing their stuff onto that? Well, and there's a lot of artists that are saying, "Hey, I don't want to do that." Uh But the the problem is, is is you can't get exposure if you don't release on these things. So, but what are you going to do? Release straight the record, or you release it title only? There's not enough people using title. Yep. And title pays that the best. That like, you know, Lemonade, you know, when, when Lemonade dropped, it was uh, title, title only, only, and Jay-Z was doing doing all that with title because they owned everything, and, and Jay-Z runs it. And, and title pays the best out of all of them. You know, it's something like five-fold what yeah, Apple Music is. pays, and Apple Music is, like, second best. Yeah, it's five times the amount. It's, it's insane. And so they only release... So all these artists are basically title. losing money by putting out that way. And then you see all these independent artists that release them on Bandcamp, and they sell on Bandcamp because on Bandcamp they get most of the money. So if they can get people to go and buy the digital on Bandcamp, then at least they made something yeah. for it compared to what they're going to get from Spotify or whatever. So, and then you actually have what's messed up is you have artists then at the end of the year bragging about how many streams they got on Spotify. Yeah. And that, that's like where your clout's at. But then when, when, you, when you do that, you're really just saying, I got paid nothing for tons and tons of people to listen to my music for this year because so yeah. many people enjoyed it on Spotify. And then on the other side of this, if, like, if, if you look at it that way and that's like where the clout's at, there's a lot of people who aren't even actually getting those streams. They're actually paying for fake streams or for uh-huh. like stream numbers because you can basically... Like yeah, you can basically gas it up, which is what it's called. Like, if I'm gassing up my views, if like, like all your influencers that, that you can see on Instagram, most of them, I would say all of them, like you, you, 90, pay, you pay a company, 8% is gassing it up. They're getting likes that they didn't actually get. They're getting bot likes and fake comments. Because yeah. there's, there's like companies and businesses built in, so, in other countries. So what's where behind they're to, Like money. 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 So like, yeah, it, money. If you're an influencer, you're going to get paid more for a sponsorship if you have 100,000 followers than if you have 5,000 followers or 10,000 followers. And it's easier to buy, you know, 50,000 followers by what happens is, you know, I pay Luke's company. Luke is in Kazakhstan where he is able to control more of the electricity grid and actually build up this sort of buy empire where it's literally like they just buy burner cell phones and create accounts constantly or they like code algorithms and uses all this like energy capacity that's why they're in all these different like I, I know i know somebody that buys likes for for a person all the time and uh they buy them with cryptocurrency on kind of sketchy websites and then what happens is the likes roll in slowly yeah so like it won't just be like something they got that it's like money laundering in the 20 it's like century. the likes are slowly happening so it looks organic this is messed up. And then when you look at the likes, none of them are like, they're not really real people or they're the like accounts that have been abandoned. And then what happens is like the algorithm is trying to find those. Like Instagram wants to get rid of those fake accounts and they might get rid of some of them. This they is might what we catch should be you. recording right now. We, we are. Be... We're talking about it right now. They might catch you doing that 
and like kind of go after you for it. But the thing is, is they know everybody does it. So from Spotify to YouTube views, Instagram likes, everything, they're paying for clout. They're paying yep. to look big. So um, there's actually a like a music guy that that's local to the area that all the videos he's put out, he's bought so many likes for. So like there's all these bands that have you know 10, 20, 30,000 likes or, or views on their video. And they never actually got that. They probably and, got like a couple thousand or a game. And if that's it. some people will even just do it early on, you know, you you early you do it early, get a couple thousand views or, or likes or whatever, so that it uh, boosts you in the algorithms on Instagram or on YouTube, and then actual people will find you organically. But it's because you boosted yourself in organically. See, here's to get to the point. Here's as I'm thinking about all this, I'm thinking about I literally just turned on. Instagram, right? I clicked on Instagram, went to the reels, and there's these people who are who are dancing, using music that's not theirs, right? Uh-huh. Doing these these dances that are what ten seconds long. Yeah. And and then I look at their followers and their likes, and it's like holy yeah. smokes! Like, what are you doing that's original right here? No. Right? Like that. Yeah. And that's what I'm thinking about. And then I think about my good friend Brian, who is a songwriter, uh, an author. And like his struggle with social media. He's making hard, he's doing it right. He's like, he struggles with social media because he's like, I put myself out there and nothing happens. And he goes, so then I find, and he'll say like, so then I find myself trying to be, do what others are doing. And he's like, I feel so, it just feels so fake. And so then he, he has this love hate relationship about every eight months he gets on social media to try and plug his stuff. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't yeah. work. And, and if you do it inconsistently, too, you also don't get good organic growth through that. Right. Which right. is, Which is what I try to tell exactly. them. Like, yeah. You know, it, I know it's, it's a whole it's, convoluted system. And, and people don't understand, like, how integrated AI is. That's why TikTok is so valuable is because TikTok has the best AI algorithm of, of a lot of these social media apps right now where, um, you know, and, and AI is... De- AI in social media is designed to captivate you and keep you going for as long as possible. Even in a world, you know, like Vine or, or TikTok or Snapchat, where everything's a short, you know, 10 second burst, whatever. Like the algorithm knows that you're you're only watching the video for 10 seconds, but it's wanting you to keep watching the same thing. TikTok has the most sophisticated advance because the owner of, uh, that started the company in China, they run some of the most advanced like AI algorithms of any company in the world, um, even you know Facebook or YouTube, those sort of uh, companies. And so TikTok is so successful at capturing your attention and so quick at, um, at uh, formulating your feed to what you want to view, what you want to um, you know watch, where uh, other uh, social media platforms, YouTube or, or Facebook or Instagram, may take a couple of days for it to really catch on to what it is that you want to watch like TikTok's so much quicker where after a couple of videos it's already like reconfiguring your feed to keep you engaged and the hmm. way that like all this is is uh so structured and, and that's why the big fight with TikTok everybody's you know mad at Donald Trump for wanting TikTok to uh, be sold to an American company but honestly if it if Barack Obama was still president and he wanted to do that, everybody would be in full support of it because it's not Donald Trump. And it's actually one of those things where, you know, I don't, I'm going to say this public on the podcast. It's actually one of those things where it's probably right that Donald Trump is doing it. Maybe he's doing it for 
whatever reason, and, and it came up at an inconvenient time after a bunch of 15-year-olds ruined his, his rally uh, through TikTok. But um, it's actually, you know, because the algorithm's so sophisticated, because the AI is so advanced in it, and because of the data that they're collecting, you want that to go to an American company instead of a Chinese company if you are America because of, you know, the government's control over Chinese companies and things like that. And you would rather... You'd rather your data be mined by an American it's, company like Facebook. It's such a controversy, though, because the everybody has a problem with Facebook mining their data, yeah. and everybody has a problem with Apple or Google mining their data, yeah. and everybody mining their data, yeah. and all these privacy laws. And I get that we don't want a Chinese company mining our data. Um, I don't know what they're yeah. going to get out of whatever yeah. your 15-year-old kid's posting on TikTok. But, it, it's just know, better advertising. The idea it. behind it is exactly. scary, but yeah. at the same time, with with the president, president, it's it's stirring up uh, yeah, exactly. it's stirring up hate and strife in, exactly. a, in a divisive way. Like right. if it wasn't divisive and it was just like okay, TikTok is bad because of this, which there has been a, a federal yeah. report from like uh, one of the one of the CIA or somebody saying that China is getting a lot of data out of yeah. it. So there is truth in that. But at the same time, the tactic of how we do it is, is just so yeah. and, wrong. And plus, he's also, and they're also saying that they're not going to let it still be even if an American company buys a stake in American TikTok. Yeah. But uh, think which, about it. Who, was it. who was it that came through? Because we had all these ideas and it was, it was it's Oracle. Oracle. And, and Oracle's a great um, business. They are a really great business. And, yeah. and the thing with Oracle is they are going to manage, if Oracle, there's talks of a combined bid, Oracle and Walmart or Oracle and Microsoft. Really, Oracle or Walmart are the last two people I actually thought were going to jump into the social media game. It's, it's wild like this. Uh, and Andrew Yang talks a lot about our... Uh, privacy laws and this was one of the big platforms that he had when he was running for president he was he was a, a potential candidate in the democratic sector uh, he talks a lot about our, our data privacy uh, for example you know facebook has close to two billion users uh, across the world so you you have to think that that's over 20 percent of the world's population uses facebook on a monthly basis in in america you know americans are worth the most to advertisers than any other uh, sector of people just because we are a wealthier nation than a lot of people we have more money to spend and we have more disposable or disposable income and then following by you know western european nations canada things like that um in in america our every person on facebook is worth about ten dollars to facebook a month in terms of ad revenue and we see no money of that to ourselves. So the fact that we all love shopping on Amazon, we all love um, you know, using Facebook or Twitter or Instagram for our own entertainment, but in reality, all these companies are making so much money off of Facebook's a $800 billion company and they don't sell any product, it's because they're selling us but, advertising But spots. people in China could buy ads on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. that money's coming back into the U.S. capital. Yeah. The same way that if back in the day, if I was a, a Chinese man and I wanted to buy an ad in the newspaper, I could buy an ad in the newspaper and no one could stop me from it because the that's problem, free business. Yeah. Free the enterprise. problem is we... Go ahead. No, no. What I'm trying to get, what I'm, oh, I'm confused on, right? Because I don't spend much time in the entrepreneurial world. I don't spend time in the business world. Um, it's not a gift of mine. It's not an interest of mine. Um, but here you are, always at this podcast, right? Because y'all, y'all learn are teaching me because friendship. <laughs> well, it, it's, friendship beats capitalism every time. 
but I'm, I'm like, okay, so what? What's the big deal about like, or what are they? So the data. What is the data they're trying to harvest? Yeah. So the data. It's it's never personal. Why are they interested in yeah. Adam and me and yeah, my face? And that's that's what people need to understand about this. Is that they, nobody cares about you. Every they care about your <laughs> capitalism. That's what it is. Capitalism. capitalism. They, they Facebook don't care doesn't about care about you. Yeah. Facebook cares about oh, what's this? You know, under forty year old guy. You know, what is the the white man want from the advertiser? What does this person want from this? And and what it what it does is they're able to better sell uh, targeted advertising. Um, through Facebook and, and we're, we're just gonna products. we're just gonna use this for okay. every company it becomes products that's how they make billions of dollars and we see none of it we, we don't see a dime I've never got a check from Facebook um, but they make so Facebook uses they make ten dollars a month but, from me but here here's the thing though about about and, and this is way off from where we were yeah. with with influencers and things but they even though Facebook doesn't give us back any money they do have like Facebook Pixel and all these things where, which is basically like if you if you want to develop a product uh-huh. and you have a website and you have a Facebook page to your website and you talk about your product or even if it's a service or something, you can then make, you can basically add Facebook's tracking to your website, which everybody does. And then yeah. you are then mining data with Facebook as a capitalist, getting the idea of who comes to your website what age group, what demographic, what area, yeah. uh, everything about them, so that then you can target your ads to them. And it helps so they, you as a like, business owner. Yeah, like I like to church. look at hip-hop shirts and like, like you know, certain stuff, and then you see those ads come in your feed. That's probably because your pixel picked up, and that pixel show yeah. that you did all these other things. It's basically like they're tracking your footprint on the internet yeah. to find out what you like. And the worry is that eventually it's like Minority Report, and everywhere you go, it's like, hey, Adam, yeah. Uh, we got you some some fresh, you know, crab legs, and you're like, oh my god, I love those. Yeah. You know, you got me. It, and I mean, that's, that, that's the scary thing is becoming in this dystopian. We aren't controlled, or we aren't controlling our own actions, but in reality, we are being controlled and manipulated all the time. And it's, but what we're really controlled by is our appetites. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. What we're really controlled by but, are things that we like. I don't mind if it says, "Hey, Luke, the NBA game's going on. Do you want to know the score?" Yeah. I'd be like. Yes, I do. That's, Can that's you go ahead and top it on every screen I'll walk by in this establishment? Because I don't ever want to not see it. And they'd be like, we knew you love it. Would you give us a dollar yeah. of it? I'll give you $20. <laughs> Just watch it all night. Yeah. And, yeah. and I get and I love I love AI in the sense of I get in the car in my morning, you know, pre-COVID, and it tells me exactly how long it's going to take me to get to work because my phone knows my routine every morning. Sure. And I think that's a great thing um, but it's, for, for me because it's a convenient aspect. Right. I care about convenience, and I know that Apple doesn't care about me as a person. They just want to mine my data for whatever. But the problem is we have um, representatives in our country, you know, senators and congressmen and elected officials that are above 60, 70, you know, even 80 years old, where they don't understand technology. They don't understand the issues that we're dealing with in the 21st century with these sort of problems. So then we, we everybody asks, how did we get so divided as a country? Well, it's because all these targeted advertisers and these corporations were able to mine our data and then utilize it in a way that what sells is divisiveness and what sells are political ads sure. and what sells are this and then so and if you're if you're already starting a civil war on facebook yeah. 
because we are being targeted so heavily and they care more about the revenue that they're getting from political ads one way or the other to divide us or other countries can come and interfere in an election or um, this person can like advertise this thing and, and rile up a group of people. In which we've that's seen happen prof- because that's Russia did that to because, the election. Yeah. So that, and okay. they're doing that to the election And now. that's where a See, lot of the issues come from. Yeah. That, that and sense. it happens with the news. Like, like, so that's why if, if you see people that are always sharing certain types of news, what happened is they like these types of news, and then these other news sites are like, hey, these are the people that like the kind of things we're talking yeah. about. So then they create their narratives and their stories, and they make sure those people get it who then share it, and they know that they're reaching their demographic and that that demographic will take it all the way, right? So one side's narrative on one side and the other side's narrative are both being shared the same and way. And you have to And be- it's it's literally like the reason this is happening is because the things you desire have been have been created for you and targeted to you. And what happens is is that people don't like to know that that's how they're getting their information or that yeah. that's how they're getting their products. They want to think they found it organically. Mm-hmm. They don't want to know that it's through data mining. They want they they you know, back in the day ads were data mining. They knew in stores, like if you were shopping, that these ads would get their attention. They just did it all on paper and they didn't get it the same way. Now, it's like the consumer wants to be a sheep and doesn't want to know that there's a dog that's hurting them in a direction. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so when you bring up that dog, they're like, no, you've got a dog hurting you in a direction or it becomes a fight. Yeah. And really, it's just like this is just how capitalism works now because the Internet has made it work like this. And you have to be ultra conscious to be neutral in any situation. You have to be ultra conscious to get on the internet and go to find the thing that you want. Because, you know, advertising, I get on my Facebook feed and I have few people leaning one way and, and a lot of people leaning the other way and I have to be conscious to not dive into these articles because then my my algorithm is my algorithm's gonna design it this way or you know balance it back the other way and what happens is you go onto facebook or you go onto youtube and you start rabbit hauling um and you know it may be one session a couple hours or whatever or it may just be over the course of a year you get more and more invested in these publications more and more invested in these types of posts in, in their interactions Y'all, and then they just pop up and that's those are the things that influence your views. But I'm not sure why we're worried about China about doing this because it doesn't really make a difference. It's just because it's a different government. Like, yeah. Is China, I guess maybe China's going to advertise yeah. their ideals, their government yeah. ideals. Well, the, you know? the worry is, and, yeah, and, the worry is the Chinese government. That's the, his, I think the yeah. historical kind of suspicion or paranoia of the United but States. Is the, China can just exactly. buy Facebook ads. And, yeah. and when they buy Facebook in other ads, countries do all or the if, time. They, if yeah. they invest in American newspapers or even American news sites of any sketchy origin, they can still control the narrative. Every country, anybody with enough money can control somewhat of how the group of people think or how they consume things because all they need is to know their basic appetites and then play off those appetites. Yeah, this is making me really want to examine myself on how influential I am. Oh, not, yeah. not, not how influential. And how influenced. Yes. yes like, how everybody influenced. is. And we We're all influence. Yeah. I know, but like, and that bothers me. To make this more tangible, you, you talked about Googling. Whenever you turn on the location on your phone, mm-hmm. you know, it adverts 
things in Illinois. That's what I want to see. I want to go on Yelp and immediately see what's happening in Springfield, you know, when I want to go out to eat or whatever. And those are like examples of where it's really convenient. Um, in, in a tangible aspect, you know, and, and Luke kind of mentioned this, and this is why I thought a bit about it, how you, there has always been targeted advertising because advertising wouldn't work if you didn't target it properly in a newspaper 150 years ago. Um, or even on TV at the time of day, we know that this yeah. segment of people watch TV at this time and this segment at this time. Exactly. You're going to get ads for depends. Exactly. And, yeah. What's the demographic of people? And ED. Yeah, like five in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Some ED yeah. stuff, you know. Flowmax. All the podcasts right. I listen to have ED ads. I don't like that. Ooh, get Roman. Yeah, Are yeah. We sponsored Come on, we're, we're not sponsored by them. Outside. Don't get Roman. Don't get Roman. All roads lead to Rome. <laughs> That's what he meant. Straight I up. do want to say one more thing on this, and then I would like to cover the, the Bulls hire of Billy Donovan. Um, but going back to people faking streams and faking mm-hmm. likes, which is what we were really, really talking about before we got to talking about data mining and marketing. Um, you know, one of the things that I think, and I think you were trying to touch on this with Brian, is that like in the world of independent musicians, and then like even in the world of like it, when you work with young people, yeah. And young people, they want to be, they want to be streamers. They yeah. want to be famous streamers. They want to be influencers. These are like, the, like whenever me and Elijah have gone to job things, these are the things that kids want. This is what they want to do. This it's is the most popular about. being a YouTuber. Most popular. Yeah, it's like the most popular choice. career choice is to be a streamer, is to be an influencer, and to basically be a social media personality. And it's so episode, accessible. Okay, and it seems really accessible, yeah. and and it is. Yeah. Like I can start streaming on Twitch today. Yeah, but. The thing that the thing that they don't get is when they do it, they're only getting like this many streams or this many likes. And what that does is it says nobody likes what I'm doing, yeah. right? So then it has a reverse effect on the young people of the nation. Like if they don't have the money or the know-how to basically play the game, yep. then they get smashed under the boot of capitalism. And then they they're depressed. They're, I don't want to make music anymore because nobody likes my songs. You know, yeah. nobody follows my band. Nobody, nobody cares about the things I'm making. Nobody watches it. It's never gone viral. And the thing is, is going viral is actually like winning the lottery for one. So going viral is there, really there are hard. companies that there, there's companies shoot that, their whole billions yeah. of dollars in, in in just to make one or two things go viral. There's so much money behind it that people don't understand. And on the other end, all the people they think have really made it are faking it. And so here's this, uh, here's these J. Cole lines from uh, A Lot with 21 Savage. He says, how many faking the streams? A lot. Getting their plays from machines? A lot. I can see behind the smoke and mirrors ain't really big as they seem. I never say anything. So that's J. Cole calling it out because he knows that in hip hop, in music, that whole entire industry is filled with people going, oh yeah, I got, well, I got, I got 100,000 views on this. And they might have gotten five, you see. And that's what's messed up, is that the way that we can lie publicly to boost our image, you know, we didn't have the skill to actually pull it off. Is that, I have two comments on that. Is that one reason, first one being, um, is that one reason that Chance the Rapper was kind of unique in that? Absolutely. He didn't. Yeah, that's that's why he didn't do a label. That's why he he released mixtapes, is to own everything, to, you know, keep everything himself. And then the second thing I was going to comment, Luke, your point about like these kids looking looking to these people who are you know getting all these followers. Yeah, this you kid, know all about it. Especially this kid, every day. Yeah, yeah. He, this kid tried so hard, and then he creates this face this fake account, 
Yep. Um, this fake account with with some popular YouTuber, mm-hmm. and suddenly he has ten thousand followers, and he's like, "Yeah, look at me. I'm I've got all these followers." Well, I'm like, "You don't though, right? Like, one, you're not even. Yeah. This isn't even you. And two, like, you're using content that's not even yours. Yeah. But because he couldn't get he couldn't get what he wanted as himself as a creator." He had to take on this other, and, and it affects him, right? Like, and, and that's the thing where I'm like, yeah, let it go, bro. Like, well, I hate to say this to you, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna go viral. Yeah, and you're putting your, you find yourself in this this cycle that is tearing you up. Yeah, exactly. It, it creates more sellouts too in our society because um, it used to be that we thought that only some famous people were sellouts. You know, some people were original when they're famous. Some people did it for for the money or whatever and, and you know i'm sure we could think of examples on on both sides of it but now everybody can choose to be a sellout or an original content creator on the internet and it's just how do you want to you know gain success do you want to fight you know the hard fight do you want to be the undercover musician that is uh you know just doing their their streams underground going to shows doing their thing locally um, or do you want to cheat your way to success and have an empty shell of yourself uh, as a result. So is that why, that makes me think also, and and I know we're dragging this out and I'm sorry, but uh, I know Luke, you said you're not a big Sturgill Simpson fan, but do you remember a few years ago after he won his Grammy, he sat outside the CMAs? Yeah, I think that was pretty cool. And, and he like, what's it called when like they just he, he, he sat playing, like an acoustic he just sat out in the CMAs with his Grammy in his open suitcase uh-huh. right like playing and kind of sticking it to the music industry of like you're celebrating all these people who won they're not even writing their own songs right. I mean it's what Eminem's talked about in the last it, like, three four yeah. albums he's like all the awards were nothing it's yeah. all just industry it's just it's and, nothing yeah you know? awards yeah especially at that level and I, I think I think Chance was the perfect example of that one Award that's going to really matter next year when Billy Donovan wins Coach of the Year for taking the Bulls. There is no way. The Bulls, the Bulls don't make the playoffs with Billy Donovan. There is no way. No. I was actually on okay. a Chicago. I was on a Chicago no. page today this is where, where people were this talking about this goes. in Chicago. All right, mm-hmm. and and the people in Chicago were in agreement. Now people on on Woj's post were like, "Yeah, Billy Donovan's great." Look, no way. It, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. His career started with him blowing a three-one lead to the Golden State Warriors with two of the best players in the NBA. One considered maybe the best player in overall skill set at the time, and they couldn't win. And then he just took a team that everyone thought wouldn't make it. But really, the reason they thought they couldn't make it was because Chris Paul. We thought that he was washed. That's the bottom line. We all thought Chris Paul was washed, and that he wasn't good enough to take the team to anything and instead Chris Paul wasn't washed he was like the best fourth quarter player in the NBA and then there was a lot of good talent around him and in that that set of games he went up against the Rockets and in game seven with like three seconds on the clock he had a timeout he had two chances to draw up a play to get the ball into Chris Paul's hands and here he is he's the coach his job is to be able to draw up a play he's got all this experience in Florida all this experience as as a coach, and he couldn't drop a play to get the ball into Chris Paul's hands. The only thing he could do is drop the same play for Steven Adams that never made sense to begin with, twice in a row, and they couldn't even get the ball to him, basically. 
So everybody knew he was going to Adams, and everybody knew that was stupid. Why would you want Steven Adams to catch the ball at the three-point line with one and a half seconds on the clock? No reason. I can't find a coach who wants that. You know, I love Steven Adams, but that was the wrong choice. Game seven, Chris Paul shoots the final shot, period. No matter what, even if he shoots it with three guys on him and has to, to fade and try to draw a foul, that's actually what he's good at. You know, if Paul Pierce comes in and he's 55 years old, he's shooting the final shot even if he hasn't made a bucket all night because I've watched him make those buckets. When you're the best fourth quarter player in the NBA, he shoots a shot. So he couldn't basically take a group of great players past the Rockets when he had every opportunity to. And now he's going to go to a team that needs development, that's got this deep roster and Lori Markinen and, and Zach Levine and all these boys who are young, Chris Dunn, who are ready to play ball. And he's going to make them into great players when you could have had Kenny Atkinson, who just took a bunch of Brooklyn Nets that he picked up off a garbage heap and made them into at least a playoff team. You could have had him. You could have had so many options. You could have gone for Chauncey Billups. You could have gone for Kenny the Jet Smith, who everybody knows has been looking. You could have gone with Mark Jackson. You're the Chicago Bulls. You just need to make the biggest splash. You need to sign the biggest coach name ever to show that you're going to do it different. And you sign Billy Donovan, who is a semi-successful college coach where you could just recruit and get players and you're already at a great school and, and you just do it easy. Chicago ain't got nothing coming to him. All right. Well, he, well here's here's a, you know, a couple of thoughts. And I texted you and Zach, uh, and, and I think Zach's preparing his notes on Billy right now. As oh, speaking. yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, I texted yeah. you guys yesterday as soon as the news broke on, on my uh, ESPN app. Uh, I texted you guys about it, and then I, I immediately thought and reflected, and, and I was a little bummed because, like you said, Bulls could have went big name. Bulls could have went maybe a coach with no coaching experience, you know, like the Brooklyn Nets, Steve Nash route. They could have went um, with somebody, you know, high on the market, pulled out, you know, something different. Patrick so, Ewing. Yeah, okay, no, yeah. I'm, always, I'm always campaigning for <laughs> they, Patrick They could have did something different, and I was initially a little bummed out, and I was like, you know, I, I, was, I had high hopes after getting rid of Boylan that the Bulls were going to make a big splash. But then I sat and reflected. I had a good night's sleep last night. I woke up and I was giddy today thinking about it. And I have four predictions. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little bullish on the Chicago Bulls, if you may say. Ooh, okay, okay. Well you brought it back. I, I, was, was, four I was like, predictions. you were what? Number one, this is my soft prediction. Number one, the other three, I'm going hard. And, uh, and you can put these on record. We'll play this They're on back letter. Number one, Lowry Markkinen, most improved player. I, I think having consistency with the coach, having a coach that can build up some confidence, having a healthy season for Lowry Markkinen, and then knowing the disappointment that this last season was for him, puts him in a great position for most improved player next year. All he has to do is put up, you know, an almost all-star caliber level, you know, like top 10 forward in the East will put him in position for most improved player after this past year and after the first couple of years that he's had in Chicago. That's number one. Number two, and I'm putting this on record, Bulls are in the playoffs next year. Bulls are going to the no playoffs. Way. You guarantee? Guarantee. Go on, give it to me. Give me the Chuck guarantee. I want to guarantee. No. Guarantee the Bulls no, are in the gotta playoffs. No, you got to do it like Chuck. I guarantee. I'm not doing the voice. Oh, you can't. But I guarantee. I thought you were a talent. The right, Bulls ahead. are in the playoffs next year. 
Number guarantee two, it, right? hard guarantee, Zach Levine is an all-star next year. Zach Levine was close to making an all-star game, has good, has great scoring numbers. You let's mean just, he wanted about not one. making it. Let's just That's put that there. <laughs> Zach Levine, great scoring numbers. Zach Levine, efficient scorer last year. Zach Levine, actually pretty decent three-point percentage numbers. I mean, I thought you had four points, no, and now the, you got sub-points Yeah, yeah and on he, Zach I was Levine. defending it. Uh, what, what was that? Uh, that was uh, that was like that three. Was pick three. That was Wait, basically three points Lowry, for Zach Levine. Playoffs, that very dull. Zach Levine, Man. number right. four. Bulls will be a serious championship contender within three years. Ooh. With the new Wait. front office. Guarantee? Guarantee within three years the Bulls wow. are going to be a serious no. championship contender. And here's why. Here's why. Because the Bulls have great young assets. Now they're developing a good young core. They have one of the best young cores in the league. And the Bulls are becoming a destination again. The Bulls finally have a front office together that when the uh, pick like Anthony Davis comes on the market, he's not excluding Chicago, his hometown, just to run off to, you know, L.A. You know, he's actually going to take another look at Chicago when a pick like that comes about, you know, maybe Giannis in a year and a half. You know, maybe we get a big name superstar like that to build and add to this core within Dal- three years. Dalton the Bulls the will be a, seri- a serious Dalton contender. Dalton the Dreamer, he says Anthony Davis or Giannis. No, they want to go to a place like Chicago. If he Ch- says if Chicago had Dalton the Dreamer, if Chicago had the front office structure built in place that they have coming now with Arturis. Would Kevin Durant and Kyrie seriously consider the Brooklyn Nets over Chicago, over being the kings of Chicago? The the third largest market in the NBA? I think not. It's a historic franchise that is coming back to prominence. It's been 20 years. It's been 25 years. Chicago is going to be a serious championship contender in three years because they have a good young court and they're going to get free agents and they're going to be a destination again. It's been since 2007 since we almost got Kobe Bryant. I've been lamenting ever since. Uh, you know, LeBron and D Wade wanted to come there. We're going to be back to that problem. No, no, no. Where LeBron Let and D Wade want to come back all right, to Chicago. All right, let me put again. the brakes on the crazy train. Look, I'm, I'm going I'm to rewind right now. You said it's been since 2007 that they almost got Kobe Bryant. And let's go ahead and just consider the Chicago Bulls a team of almost. Yeah. Because exactly. they almost. Exactly. They've almost been a good good. team. But but until Jimmy Butler went to the Heat, he never even smelled the Eastern Conference Finals because even the best Bulls teams you've seen weren't good enough to get anywhere. The the Bulls were a championship-containing team with Derrick Rose 10 years ago. I let you say insane things just a second ago. (laughs) So now we got to hold on now, okay? Look, I know the Bulls have a high draft pick. I'm going to tell you this. I guarantee that in three years, Zach Levine won't even play for the Bulls. Because he will get traded. Hey, if, if Zach Levine number, gets traded for Anthony Davis, so be it. Number two, Zach Levine, so Zach Levine is only good because he plays on a bad team. If you put Zach know. Levine on a good pretty, team. Pretty much Devin Booker. No, he's not Devin Booker. Devin Booker is so much better than Zach Levine. The Bulls are not one piece away. They are, they are like three, three all-stars away from having an all-star. I don't think they're one piece. Look, look. But, but Levine, for years, Levine the, is not even. I, I actually, actually, I shut down every guarantee. I guarantee the opposite thing. Levine will not be an all star next year. 
and he will and he will whine and go to the three point contest or dunk contest, but he will not be a starting or bench all star. He will not get picked. Uh, two, they're not going to make the playoffs in the next, not next year, not next year. If I if I said three years, I would maybe consider that only because of the draft, because they might draft good enough that they have a team, and because the East is so bad. That just about anybody could pull in the eighth the spot next year. No, no way. They're definitely not going to the playoffs. And w- without a doubt, without a doubt, there is no reason to hold your breath and get your hopes up about the Chicago Bulls. You may as well be a Knicks fan and get your hopes up about that because it's no different. I can no, sit and name. It's one hundred percent different no, than the Knicks not. front office. No, because because the, the Knicks got the Knicks have R.J. Barrett. They have they actually have a team of of pretty good young players. The same as the Bulls. They no, have the, Tom Thibodeau now, who's a great court. coach, who is the best coach the Bulls have had in a decade. In, but, in two decades. We'll get in two decades, <laughs> yeah. But guess what? The Knicks are not going to be any good. And I'm guess not, what? The Bulls the are not going to be Listen, any good. It doesn't matter how big the market is. New York Knicks, that's a big market. That's the biggest market if markets matter. And they're still not going to be any good. And unless the Bulls somehow but get the Bulls a, a Kawhi Leonard, uh, uh, an Anthony Davis... If they don't, if they have to get a top ten player to be a contender, period, and they That's don't have, now. they That's don't have a top ten now. player, they don't have a top fifty player. Do you That's see okay. what I'm saying? They don't <laughs> have a they good have a player. Top 50 player. Zach, Levine Zach Levine does not count. He is he is a good offensive player. Kobe he White is, was the second team rookie no. this year, Zach and he's going Levine, to develop even more. Zach Levine is is no better than having Jamal Crawford. Within three years, the Bulls are going to land a, a big name. If talent. you started Jamal Crawford five years ago on your team, he would score the same amount of points no. per game as Zach Levine. No, because an offensive guy that can ball no. can ball, but there's no defense, and his, his usage rate okay. his usage rate is huge because he's the only yeah. player. So that's fine. That's what I'm saying. If I gave Jamal Crawford the same usage rate, he would score the same amount but, of points. But and don't get, tell me no, because he was six man of the year like five times more, twenty points a game in twelve minutes. You know, so I'm basically saying that even then, it's not enough to make the Bulls a contender. But Zach Levine has a coach now that that he can have some confidence in that will trust him with the ball. And I think Billy Donovan will help develop that young core a little bit. The the thing that I'm saying, within three years, big-name free agents are going to be looking at the Chicago Bulls again. For years, since Michael Jordan left and since they traded Scottie Pippen away too late, the Bulls have been... Building a house on sand until Derrick Rose came. Scottie and, and Pippen still had good years in Portland. I, he did have good years in Portland, but they 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 sold him low. They sold him low, and and that's you know that's what it well, is. They paid him low too. He deserved more <laughs> the whole time. The Bulls were legitimate contenders in the East ten years ago before Derrick Rose got injured. Um, they, they had a, one of the best teams um, in the East besides the Miami. Why don't we just take a minute to, to reflect on Chicago sports in general? Chicago no, sports, every, Chicago team, sports. every team has a glory days in Chicago sports. And their glory days were great, but they never pulled off before or after them. They literally are very one-dimensional teams in Chicago. Uh, you know, the Blackhawks were great just a few years ago. Uh, the, the Bears Cubs, are 2 the and Cubs 0. Cubs won 1, the and then 100 years ago, they won 1. The White Sox won 1 in 05, and 100 years ago, they won 1. The the Bears, you know, had a couple good years, and then they had a lot of bad and years. And there's 2 and 0 you know? for the first time in a decade. So it makes that's no all difference. I'm going to say. Billy Donovan can coach the Bears and be more successful than he's going to be with the Bulls. Dang, that's that's where true. I'm at. False. Dang, that's false. Weird. Do you no. like Billy Donovan? 
See, it's a tough question now. I, we, we have Artuis who built the Denver Nuggets to the contender that they are now. Is he going to bring back Joe Kamnoa? I hope I mean, so. He did build I him. hope so. How right. old is him? Uh, I, I think, I don't know, 37, you know, 36? You know, what, you know what Noah just did? What? He blew a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Go Nuggets. Random fact. Last week, the Cubs, the Sox, and the Bears, I think currently even, they're all atop their divisions. That's some 2020 Well, I guess mojo. the Bears have tied right. the packs. I think it was last year. Yeah. Bears yeah. two and two another two and another. undefeated. That's all I'm saying. Undefeated on the season. Who they got? Who they got coming up? They got. They're playing. Uh, they're playing. They're gonna the lose. They're gonna play. They, they're gonna lose. The it's next not game. gonna be. Good they're gonna lose the next game. You know, Trubisky's gonna. Chicago, Chicago loves to get you hyped. They do, and then leave you on the floor. They break yeah. your heart. That's, that's well. That's that's the city of Chicago. If I know it. That's, that's the city of Chicago. That's the whole city of Chicago. Honestly. It's a blue collar town. Honestly, every time I go to Chicago, I'm like, dude, I'm so excited about Chicago. And then I get home and I'm like, dude, no, but I go to Chicago. <laughs> Wore out. You know, that's kind of true. I love Chicago. Oh, dude. It's always way more time to get there and no. way more time to get back than I expect it to be. And then things are like way harder than I expect them to be. And I'm always like, wow, what an experience we had in Chicago today. <laughs> If you stay in Chicago for a few days, it gets it gets better. It compounds interest for sure. All right, let's talk playoffs real quick and let's finish this big. Oh, uh, there's playoffs happening. Um, you know, obviously, I feel like game fours in both of these are, are going to be deciding. So by the time you listen to this, yep. this game four between the Heat and Celtics will be over, as will the game four with Denver and the Lakers. You know, if Denver evens it up, I think LA's got trouble. I think they've got. Really I, th- big I think trouble. they have trouble right now. Um, I think Denver probably should have won Game Two. Um, yeah, and Denver and, played with a lot of momentum in the last game too. But you know, uh, Murray's deep three and, and those things really. Yeah, he's something like a, I saw a stat like seventy six percent in crunch time threes yeah. this postseason. But I mean, at the same time, we all know that to win in the NBA <laughs> at this point, you need a lot of skill and a lot of luck. Yep. And I felt like Denver had a lot of luck in Game 3 when the Lakers finally made that run. They were only three points behind with a couple minutes on the clock. Yep. And, uh, you know, the fouls went the opposite way that night. Denver Denver was getting a lot of foul calls, and L.A. wasn't getting a lot of foul calls. Uh, you had a weird game where, where Davis only had two rebounds. Yeah, it, um, which is Which insane. is, like, never going to happen in, again. In, so Was it – Game one that Anthony Davis was just a monster and yeah, yeah, just, he, yeah. just he insane. And really, game two he was, but in game three he didn't assert himself the same. Uh, you know, I don't really, I'm not really too worried about it. I even, I think the Lakers will finish this off, but it might be a, a six I think, game series. I, I think we're gonna get two game sevens, um, and, and that's yeah. what I'm hoping for. But I think that six or seven uh, in, in the I think obviously least. tonight's Heat Heat Celtics game is gonna be a decider. Uh, if Heat win this game, I think that they've got it in the bag. But, you know, it's hard to tell that Boston team showed a lot of resiliency, uh, really came back strong. You know, Boston is the team that maybe for me personally I've slept on the most in the East. Uh, even though they made Eastern Conference Finals the year that Kyrie was hurt with the same young core. And, you know, uh, last year they, they weren't quite as impressive. But um, they obviously have a lot of great pieces, and Stevens is a great coach. Yep. So, you know – it's very exciting games, you know, games that I'm, I'm pretty into. Um, but, you know, what do you uh, what do you think the final outcome? I, mean, I still I'm still yeah. feeling Heat and Lakers, but yeah, I I'm still you know riding with that. I don't think uh, you know that that Celtics 
series is is tighter on the Celtics end than I expected. I, I thought that maybe we'd get a lot of back and forth, you know, a really great game from one team, really great game from the other team next, you know, kind of going back and forth on the series. The the Nuggets have been fighters and, and warriors. And, and, you know, like I said, they probably should have won that game too, came down to that Anthony Davis three um, off of just a, a terrible defensive play by uh, Mason Plumlee and just ran into nobody, ran into the LeBron screen. That Jokic was, was in his face, though. Yeah, I mean, that was it, a, but Jokic wasn't even defending, and, and that was good on Jokic's part to hop off, recognize Anthony Davis, and, and go in his face. But And the play was drawn up for LeBron, mm-hmm. and the Nuggets clearly expected LeBron to get the ball. They, yep. played, they played LeBron. And, and I thought that was, you know, I thought that was good, but I think the Lakers are just, you know, they're a team, and this is consistent with LeBron, I've said it before, you know, they're, they're a tune-up team where they have the pieces and they just need to tune it in and, and they'll pull it off. So I'm still expecting Lakers in, in six or seven. Um, I think that'll be a tight one. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this today and this is kind of on the same same path. Uh, if the Lakers win the championship, do you count Anthony Davis LeBron's best teammate or do you still hold it Dwayne Wade? At this point, I still hold it Dwayne Wade, but if they win in a, in a great fashion, we get more games like Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals from Anthony Davis. Do you think it's legitimate think, to have that conversation? I think Anthony Davis is LeBron's best teammate, uh, no matter what, even if they lose in this series. Um, I think he's a, his best teammate. Um, I think that Anthony Davis is, is just – I think he's underrated by most people. Yeah. But I think the points per game and uh, the numbers he's putting up are higher – Consistent numbers than other LeBron teammates. Yeah. Uh, Wade is Wade is great. Well, Wade two thousand um, what two thousand eleven was Wade, uh, insane. Wade put up great numbers. Yeah. You know, Dwayne Wade is is amazing, uh, but I don't think his impact on the game all around is as high as Anthony Davis. I mean, Anthony Davis as a defensive player mm-hmm. and as an offensive talent, you know, he's True. the best. He's True. such a two way. Dwayne Wade is one of the best best guards. You know, he 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 got a lot of steals. The best uh, all overall blocks leader all time mm-hmm. as as a shooting guard, um, but I mean AD changes the whole entire game. Yeah, he stretches the floor. Any 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 can defend the, the rim. Yeah. The fact that he can dominate at any spot on the offense and, exactly uh, and play great defensively in, uh, from the paint to the exactly. Um, so I think I think that makes him the best. And plus he's in his prime and he's a top like five eight. Yeah. Top whatever player. And Dwayne Wade was still a top 10 player during that time. Um, but it was like clear that LeBron was the best player. Yeah, but and Dwayne Wade was such a great facilitator. He was. And Miami. they played really well yeah. off each other. And obviously they were a really tough team. Uh, but, you know, uh, they there was a thing that just like, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard because Dwayne Wade's legacy is so big. And AD, you know, he's got two game winners in his career. At this point, he uh, he's played for a team that wasn't a contender for the first you know five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, AD has a lot of years left, yeah. So it's it's oh, hard to see what the final be, outcome yeah. will be. Uh, but I think that obviously to me, AD is the best player because he's the best player on the team. And in LeBron's career, he's never been with anybody else who was a better player than him on the team. And yeah. I'm not saying that LeBron isn't still like as good. I think he's as good as Davis. Like. His effect on the game is as large yeah. because but he's, 
you know, because he's he's quarterback in the game. Whatever, yeah. In a sense, you know, he's literally running. But the fact that LeBron any night could you know drop 35, 12 rebounds and, and ten assists. Um, th- this kind of leads me. You know, I've been real into uh, into thinking about rankings and you know real weird uh, offshoots the last couple of weeks on this podcast. I feel like I was thinking about this one today. Uh, Lakers, you know, big man, little man duo, and, and I guess, you know, doesn't work so much for the little man for two of these, but rank these three. We go Shaq and Kobe, LeBron, AD, Magic, Kareem. Uh, Shaq, Kobe, Magic, Kareem, LeBron, AD. Yeah, uh, I think i go the same way. Same way. Yeah. It's without a doubt for me. Uh, Absolutely. I, I actually hate to do that to Magic and Kareem. Because I know that there's a bunch of old old boys that'll be like, "No, bro, I you mean, weren't there." Kareem's like and the I fourth best player ever. Yeah, I I get it. Kareem yeah. is is insane good, and Magic is insane good. Uh, but it's hard for me to think that anybody ever could have guarded Shaq. Like, oh, so I like, don't, I don't think there's a better one to do. Yeah, like I just don't. Than Kobe yeah, I think Kobe and Shaq are the most dominant duo. Like, if you yeah. were playing two on two, there's no way yeah. I think you're taking. Uh, in a seven-game two-on-two series between Shaq and Kobe and anybody, yeah, I don't think anybody in the wins. in the, the like Michael so Scotty argument, like Scotty's not Shaquille O'Neal. Now, do oh. I think that Magic's Lakers could have beat Kobe's Lakers with Shaq? I do think that. I think that Phil well, Jackson you, was you a good coach, but I think that Pat Shaq Riley, floor, like, come yeah, on. yeah, I think that Pat Riley's coaching, and I think that like you get Magic with with Kareem mm-hmm. and Worthy, and like I feel like that team was really stacked. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, and they always absolutely. say super teams didn't exist, but, like, there was a point where, like, Kareem and Wilt Chamberlain yeah. were on the same team. I mean, like, super teams existed they, all they along, exist, yeah. okay? The, the entire uh, NBA. But I, I do think that as far as a 1-2, I'm not sure anybody could beat Shaq and Kobe. Obviously, it, Pippen Jordan is obviously the, the only choice Yeah, I think – Okay, but maybe. The, but the two wing players, you don't but, have somebody that's Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, it's like O'Neal. still, who can guard Shaq? Keith Shaquille like, O'Neal cannot be guarded in, in history. Yeah. Like, yeah there, is, there is this element, though, where I think, okay, well, Michael could have got some steals. Yeah. Scotty could have stole the ball. They could have got enough, forced enough turnovers and, like, always scored. Mm-hmm. Like, there's that's, definitely that's no true. way to say that either of them was going to shut down Michael Jordan. But Kobe, you know, Kobe's tricky, too. It'd be, it'd be really tough. Yeah. Do I sure. think that LeBron AD in the two and two would be pretty unstoppable? Well, yeah, oh, absolutely, course, like, absolutely. Uh, but you know, Michael and Shaq, if you put them together, that's it. It's I I think it's un- <laughs> unfair that like you know we've talked about all season about uh, you know there's there's probably ten teams right now that have a great one two punch maybe maybe even fifteen teams right now you know, the the balance of the league is is so even and even when you go into the I, you know, I think Damon CJ are a great one-two punch. You kind of a healthy John Wall, Bradley Beal, you know, Chris Stops when he's healthy, Luca. There, there are so many one-two punches, but none in the league are as great as LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like, they're two top five players right now and just absolutely dominant game in and game out where you don't know who's going to be the triple-double. You don't know who's going to make the, the biggest block of the game, LeBron or AD, who's yeah. going to be the best Next year, player. Steph and Clay. Uh, I actually think that Jimmy and Bam are a pretty underrated duo. Yeah. I feel like yeah. people have been sleeping on them. Uh, Giannis wishes he had somebody to duo up with because we know Middleton <laughs> is just not quite Stop. there. Um, but, yeah. But, I mean, 
Yeah, I, I think the NBA is full of impressive duos, and I think that when when you're bringing up history, I think NBA's history is full of impressive duos. Absolutely, you know? I don't I think, think there's been a championship team without a, without or, a duo. Yeah, yeah, like Drexler and Elijah Wan. You know, like I think of duos a lot. Like I, I always think of the great teams as teams of duos, and the NBA is back to teams of duos. Uh, even though Golden State Warriors next year will not be a team of duos, they'll be a super team, but. Overall, I mean, they also make the most money of any team. Yeah, the, the last couple. Of years. That's what uh, obviously, Steph and Clay is a pretty tough duo. Yeah, you know? um, absolutely. That's that's a great NBA jam. Yeah, duo that we need to yeah. need the game. I wish that Super Nintendo came out today and NBA Jam came out today that we could play these duos the way it originally happened. Not yeah. like not with this new new old, you know. Yeah, yeah. The way it originally happened, man. That's where it's at. This game's getting good. Straight up. Yeah, so let's, uh, you know, I think we're good. What a, what a night. Uh, you know, if you've been bummed that, that you've heard a lot of basketball talk and not a lot of anything else, well, we gave you a lot of something else tonight. Uh, we've trying heard the critics. that algorithm. Yeah, I mean, I heard the voices. Yeah, we're trying to get TikTok to really push this out. Quicker, better, Dang, faster, we stronger. On, on TikTok. We, we also heard some pretty like bold Punk. guarantees. Oh yeah. Okay. We not, can't not ever forget Dalton's guarantees. Run this back in a year. Oh my run gosh! I'm gonna run it back over and over again because you know I edit this and I oh I just pick these things up yeah, and then I keep them. I keep no. them on my phone. Run I play them. People go. Did run you hear back. what the dreamer Dalton had to say? Run it back. And I just keep on. <laughs> you know. You know. And 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 in Dalton's defense, he doesn't. Really Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Am I a Baller? It was produced by Miko Club and was made in hopes of keeping Garrett Haddock out of my yard. If these takes were really hot and you like them, then share them with your friends, family, and enemies. We love to see the Am I a Baller family grow, and surely the road to becoming a baller starts right here. Smoking weed with my guys. <laughs> Dude, that's whiskey over rye. And I think about Harambe. That's that's it. It's just a... <laughs> bro. That's, that's got potential. Up. I like your kicks, man.